Hello and welcome to Notes Asia. I am your host, Daniel Maxwell, and on Notes Asia, we bring you news, insights, and opinions on human rights development, healthcare, education, and environmental issues from across the Asia Pacific region. In this episode, we look back at the big stories from the past seven days, giving you a weekly summary from the Asia Pacific region. First, we go to Myanmar and the escalating crisis there. Myanmar has been in turmoil since the military arrested the democratically elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi on February 1st. The military junta, known in Myanmar as the Tamadol, arrested the leader of the National League for Democracy, claiming electoral fraud during the November elections. These elections in November are the ones in which Aung San Suu Kyi's party won a landslide victory. Aung San Suu Kyi's detention triggered huge demonstrations. Protesters have organised a civil disobedience movement, and this has inspired civil servants, doctors, nurses, railway workers, copper miners, and engineers to refuse to work for the illegal regime. Services in the country have come to a halt, not only in big cities such as Yangon and Mandalay, but also in ethnic states, as ethnic groups unite against the army. In response, security forces have sought to crush demonstrations with a campaign of violence and fear. Since February 1st, at least 234 people have been killed and over 2,000 people have been detained. Soldiers have regularly used live rounds to disperse protesters. Myanmar's military government has faced international condemnation for the coup and its aggression towards the protesters. The US and the UK have hit the military government with sanctions. The EU is set to sanction Myanmar military officials for the coup. Many outside nations are now looking to ASEAN to take the lead in resolving the political crisis. Unfortunately, ASEAN has been toothless as usual, with the likes of Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam and the Philippines making it known that they consider the coup to be an internal matter. The ASEAN member states have an agreement not to interfere in eternal matters. It seems only Singapore and Indonesia have been willing to tackle their neighbours' violent crackdown on civilians. The head of Indonesia's military has expressed deep concern about the increasingly violent political situation in Myanmar. At a meeting of ASEAN chiefs of defence, the Indonesian air marshal took the opportunity to convey his profound concerns about the situation in Myanmar adding that the Indonesian military was always ready to provide assistance and share its experience in building professional armed forces in the context of a democracy. Indonesia are in a particularly good position to offer this advice, having previously been a military government under the rule of President Surato up until 1998. Since 1998, democratically elected leaders have ruled Indonesia without interference from the military. In an ideal situation, Myanmar would follow the example of Indonesia, and move in that direction. The crackdown within Myanmar has forced many protesters to flee their homes. India and Thailand have seen an increase in the number of refugees crossing their borders. Thai authorities are bracing for a surge of refugees and have set aside areas to shelter more than 50,000 people in Mesot. Many of the protesters have also sought refuge away from Myanmar cities in areas controlled by armed ethnic organisations, AEOs of which there are over 20 across the country. An official for the current national union, the KNU, who remain in conflict with the Myanmar army, said almost a 1,000 people were sheltering inside KNU-controlled territory. KNU is among those that have condemned the coup and vowed to support the resistance. How this situation will be resolved is difficult to predict. Myanmar's people are clearly sick and tired of a corrupt military, which has held back the country's development for decades. The military's popularity was at a low at the November elections and it has dropped even further following this coup. 
If the situation becomes even more volatile, which could happen if ethnic groups use the opportunity to engage with the Burmese military. And there are growing calls for a people's army consisting of civilians supported by ethnic groups. It's reported that young protesters are already using YouTube to learn gun preparation and shooting. If a people's army supported by ethnic groups organized and united against the Tamadol, Myanmar would enter a new bloody chapter. Myanmar military is believed to be 500,000 soldiers strong, far outnumbering the ethnic groups combined. However, if a united people's army is created, there is likely to be a large number of defections from the military and the police. With neither side looking to concede, expect the weeks ahead to become increasingly confrontational. In our second story, we're looking at the first high-level talks between the Joe Biden administration from the United States and China, which got off to a particularly rocky start this week. Opening remarks at the U.S.-Chinese meeting in Alaska set the tone, with Chinese officials accusing the U.S. of inciting countries to attack China, while the U.S. said China had arrived intent on grandstanding. Shortly after opening, U.S. delegates went on to accuse China of violating protocol, speaking for more than two minutes in the opening remarks. The Chinese delegation seems to have rhymed intent on grandstanding, focusing on public theatrics and dramatics over substance. A senior admission official said, China seems to have arrived intent on grandstanding, focusing on public theatrics and dramatics over substance. Chinese officials later announced it had been the US, not China, that had violated the protocol of two-minute opening statements by exceeding the agreed time in opening remarks and making a groundless attack on China's domestic and foreign policies. Whether this meeting was simply a case of each country making strongman first impressions remains to be seen. The two countries have a lot of areas of contention and only a few possible areas for cooperation, yet both are highly reliant on each other for economic growth, making China-US relations the biggest geopolitical test of the 21st centuries. Our third story focuses on the US once again. This week, an incident which appears to have been a hate crime against the Asian community took place in Atlanta, Georgia. On Tuesday, a white male killed six Asian women in Atlanta. He was subsequently arrested, and his actions were initially explained by the local police as being a result of the attacker having had a very bad day. The sheriff who explained the mass shootings in this way has since been removed from the case, while his social media account indicates that the sheriff had previously promoted a t-shirt with racist language about China and the coronavirus. This incident brings to the fore the increasingly racist environment towards Asians in the US. Stop AAPI Hate, a private organization of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, report that there have been almost 4,000 hate crimes against Asians in the past year, and over 500 of them in January and February. A spokesperson said that this is just the tip of the iceberg, with Asian Americans typically reluctant to report incidents. Many believe that a dramatic increase in anti-Asian sentiments has been due to the coronavirus outbreak and rhetoric of former President Donald Trump, who has referred to the disease as China virus and the Kung flu. Earlier this year, in a racist attack in January, an 84-year-old man from Thailand was violently slammed to the ground in San Francisco. He died two days later in hospital. This dramatic increase in Asian racism is reminiscent of the kind faces by American Muslims after the terror attacks of 9-11. But unlike in 2001, when George Bush urged tolerance of American Muslims, President Trump used language which Asian Americans believes incited racist attacks. The attacker has been charged with eight counts of murder, 
And with Georgia having enacted new hate crimes last summer, it will be up to the district attorney to decide whether to pursue the hate crime conviction, making this an important test case for those new laws. We'll be following the developments of this tragic incident and keeping you up to date in future.